Hello and welcome along to the Southampton Audio Programme for today's fixture against Birmingham City. In today's issue, we have an overview on the Southampton women's team, your feature interview, but first, a word from your manager, Russell Martin. Dear Saints fans, welcome back to St Mary's as we sign off another three-game week with today's Skybet Championship match against Birmingham City. We extend a warm welcome to Wayne Rooney, his coaching staff and players, and the supporters who have made the journey down from the Midlands for this early kickoff. It seems like a long time ago now, with an international break in between, but last time we were here for the game against Rotherham, I think we all came away scratching our heads wondering how we didn't win. Our performance in the first half was outstanding, but when you don't score that second goal, you're always at risk in football. There are so many variables, and ultimately we conceded a poor goal out of nothing that cost us two points. It was valuable learning, and being relentless and driving on with the game when we take the lead is something we are still working to improve. We always knew this whole process would take time, we have so much change to navigate, but I'm really pleased with the progress we're making as a group. This week, we've come off the back of two of our longest away trips of the season, with four points against tough teams. What's pleased me immensely in both games is how we've kept going right until the end. It's no coincidence when you make a habit of scoring late goals, it means you're a team in the ascendancy, taking risks, believing you can win. It was great to give the fans two special moments. To the 2000 who travelled to Hull, through that nightmare journey with the Storms and the 1500 at midweek in Preston, that's incredible support. I actually turned to Gilly on the bench before the game on Wednesday night and we were both just blown away by the numbers behind that goal. In both games, we were the team pushing at that end and enjoying those last-minute goals together does a lot to strengthen the bond between players, staff and supporters. I'm really enjoying watching us grow as a group together. To those who came to the event at the stadium last week with myself and Jason Wilcox, I hope it was helpful in understanding not just what we're trying to do here, but how we're trying to do it. I appreciate everybody wants instant success and we're no different, but we're five games unbeaten now. The mentality of the group is getting stronger all the time and I really think we're heading in the right direction. Keep believing in the players because they're a talented group who care deeply about getting this club back where it belongs. We march on. Time now then for your Southampton women's update. Saints claim bonus points in Conti Cup kickoff. A dramatic penalty shootout win at the end of a hard-fought draw with familiar foes Bristol City of the Women's Super League gave Southampton a bonus point in the group stage round of this season's Continental Cup. Robins High Performance Centre was the venue for Saints' opening Conti Cup fixture as the hosts snatched a first-half lead through a fortuitously defected header despite Saints creating their fair share of chances. City had the lion's share of possession in the opening exchanges, with two corners having to be well defended by the Saints' back line in the first 10 minutes. In form, Sophia Farrow had the first real opportunity of the game. Lucia Kendall switched the ball magnificently, Gemma Perfield providing the next ball forward. Farrow timed her run perfectly, hitting the ball first time, but her shot skidded just past the post. Saints then looked almost certain to open the scoring through Megan Wynn, as Farrow played a reverse pass through the two centre-backs. Wynn's shot lacked the pace, however, and although Lexi Lloyd-Smith looked like she was going to turn in the loose ball, Jess Simpson slid in to deny her the chance. But Howard was called into action in the 31st minute, as Sharnia Hales raced through one-on-one. The keeper did exceptionally well to close down the angle and send the ball spinning away from danger. However, the Robins had the ball in the back of the net less than a minute later as Captain Furness rose highest at the back post to turn in a Fionn Morgan cross and give the home side the lead in the 33rd minute, with City defender Mari Ward later being awarded the goal for providing a deflection. Five minutes into the second half, Saints were back level. Katie Wilkinson calmly slid a ball across the box with Lexi Lloyd-Smith tapping the ball behind her standing foot and passed Kaylin Marquise in the City goal. 
Buoyed by a drawing level so soon after the interval, Saints played forward with confidence. Perfield and Kendall both sending shots over the crossbar in quick succession just after the 60th minute. Bristol City were gifted an opportunity in the dying stages as a challenge on the edge of the box forced the referee into giving the host a free kick, but the Saints' wall did its job to deny. Despite both sides' best efforts, the match ended all square at the 90, with the Conte Cup rules dictating a penalty shootout to decide the recipient of a bonus point. It was Saints who took it home, triumphing 4-3 in the spot kicks to get their Conte Cup journey off to a strong start against a WSL side with Perfield, Peak, Kraft and Morris all netting. As a surviving member of Southampton's troubled recent past, Adam Armstrong is a man on a mission. From the pain of last season come the green shoots of recovery, and Saints' rejuvenated striker embodies the club's shifting momentum as the informed marksman looks to lead from the front. A lot of people would say chilled, Adam Armstrong replies, when asked to describe himself in three words. He does a pretty good job of doing it in one. It is in his unusual low-maintenance manner that Southampton's standing skipper agrees without a second thought to be followed by the Saints media team for an upcoming Day in the Life video. It's the first day back after the squad have been given four days off over the international break. Armstrong used the time to jump on a flight to Ibiza with wife Rebecca and son Axel, who's approaching his first birthday. He's been on a few holidays now, but this time he was a bit more wriggly and always wants to stand up on the plane, he smiles. He always wants to see people and wave at people. I'm used to it with just it being me and my missus for years and having a little boy is eye-opening, he says. You see the world differently. Everyone who is a kid will tell you the same thing. You get so much enjoyment out of it, but it's very hard to keep up as well, so it keeps you on your toes. Armstrong jokes that he and strike partner Shay Adams, close friends off the pitch, stay at Staplewood as long as possible these days to avoid the chaos back home, with Adams becoming a father to a baby girl two weeks before Armstrong last year. On this occasion, it's the day after Scotland's qualification for Euro 2024 is confirmed, and Adams is still away, so Armstrong is without his partner in crime for a later start at Staplewood, setting off at 10.45am to drive the media team to training, fielding questions from his new life as a father to his flying start to the new season. After a pre-activation workout in the gym and a 90-minute training session with a healthy meal either side, Armstrong is ready to hit the road back to his Winchester home at 3.15pm, though his working day officially comes to a close four hours later after conducting an evening community appearance at Woodlands Community College. There he answers more questions, this time from kids who want to know who inspired him, how many goals he scored this season and his favourite Saints kit. Wayne Rooney, seven, but hopefully a lot more to come, and the white one, if you were wondering. It's part and parcel of being a footballer. There's other stuff that comes with it and it's something that I enjoy, he says of the interaction. I always liked it when I was a young lad and you see a first-team player come and have a speech and interact with the group. It makes people's days and you can never forget that as a footballer. It gets drilled into us as a young lad. Never forget where you've come from and that's something that I try to live off and help people as much as I can. There's a lot more that goes into football and the lads that go on the pitch every day. Armstrong recalls being snubbed by an Arsenal player as a wide-eyed teenager at Newcastle and swore he'd never inflict the same feeling on a fellow professional. I went up to him in the tunnel and asked for his shirt and just looked us up and down and walked off, he laughs. I thought he must be giving it to us after, but I never got the shirt in the end. It stuck in my mind straight away. If someone asked for my shirt, I'd always want theirs and interact. Armstrong's number nine is more in demand this season. It's the best-selling shirt in the Saints store, as he proves himself to just be as effective in the championship as his last prolific stint with Blackburn that secured his move to St Mary's in the summer of 2021. 
Only Sunderland's Jack Clark with eight has outscored him so far, despite Russell Martin using his vice-captain in a variety of roles, including on both wings and even as a box-to-box midfielder, as well as a centre-forward, the position he likes best. His versatility and tireless work rate are keeping in with his modest nature. Not always the case with goal scorers, and surely contributed towards Russell Martin's decision to hand him the armband following an injury to Jack Stevens in August, something Armstrong describes as a massive honour. I did it for a bit at Blackburn when a couple of the senior boys were out, so I knew what it was about, he says. I've realised in the last couple of years to voice my opinion more and be more vocal with the younger lads. I always remember when I was at Newcastle, the older boys helping the younger lads, and it's something that I see in myself now. I'm only 26, but it's not really an old group, so you've all got to stick together and you've all got to have leaders in the group. We've got a good changing room where everyone speaks. Saints' leading marksman got off to the perfect start with a goal on the opening night at Sheffield Wednesday, as Nathan Teller's shot glanced off the back of his head en route to the corner of the net. Armstrong was up and running and hasn't looked back. You can come down back to the championship and have a stinker, People say you've done it before and then you come back down and you don't do it again. I think it's mostly confidence, but a lot of it comes from the way you play, he explains. Every style of play fits a player and this style suits us down to the ground. It's something I'm enjoying. The last couple of years have been tough, but not just for me. It's been for everyone. We were going into games without any confidence and that's the last thing you need when you're a footballer. You need to have confidence. We went through these tough spells, but it's always how you come out the other end and hopefully this season we can come out of it strong and get this club back to where it belongs and really kick on from there. Armstrong's tally this term already exceeds his first two Southampton seasons combined. There are mitigating factors for that, including staggered starts, a different style of play that left him further from the opposition goal and naturally stronger opponents to break down. At the end of the day, you're always going to be judged off how many goals you've scored or assists. All that stuff, he shrugs. It's a very stat-based sport at the minute. It doesn't frustrate us. That's just the world you're in. As a striker, if you're not scoring goals, you're not doing your job. It's the same in any job, any walk of life. If you're not doing your job properly, you get sacked or you get dropped. No matter what way of life you're in, you're always going to go through tough moments. It's how to get out of them. You've got to stay level-headed and have the right people around you to keep sticking at it because you're in this job for a reason. Speak to any player in the Saints dressing room, the only target this season is promotion, by any means necessary. But for Armstrong, that desire perhaps burns brighter than most, as one of the only surviving members of a year to forget at the club, cycled through three different managers and won only six times in a 38-league game season. It means everything. We're all human at the end of the day. We got relegated and it was the worst feeling ever, he admits. For me personally... It's probably one of the worst summers I've had. It's not a nice feeling getting relegated knowing you've let everyone down, not just yourself, but your family, friends and fans. It wasn't nice. It's something that we need to put right. With this squad that we've got, I truly believe that we can get back up and it's something that we're desperate for. I've had a promotion with Blackburn when I went on loan from Newcastle in League One. We got promoted to the champ and honestly, when you get promoted, it's the best feeling in the world. Relegation is the worst feeling in the world, but when you do it, getting promoted is the best feeling. So... Hopefully we can have that at the end of the season. A nice trip away somewhere with all the lads and enjoy ourselves. Maybe another trip to Ibiza. This time without all the wriggling and waving to random strangers. Time now for your local lowdown. We asked opposition expert Alex Ticken, Birmingham City reporter for Birmingham Live, to preview today's game from the visitors' point of view. This is Birmingham's 13th consecutive season in the Championship, the longest stint of any team currently in the division. How would you sum up that period for the club? 
Birmingham City have endured an extremely turbulent 12 years since winning the Carling Cup in 2011. Under the ownership of Carson Young and more recently Trillian Trophy Asia, the club was going nowhere in a hurry. In the last six seasons, Blues have been fortunate to keep their heads above water in the Championship. Thankfully, the clouds have cleared at St Andrews in the summer when American investment firm Knighthead ended TTA's dismal period of power. The slogan, Knighthead, are ramming down everyone's throats is Birmingham on the rise again. And finally, the club is moving in the right direction. Has this season brought a greater sense of optimism following the takeover? Without doubt, Knighthead have hidden their ambitions for the club or the city. The recruitment strategy has been different in the summer. Players who would previously have been out of reach were swayed by the project. That project is to reach the Premier League, whether that's this season or next. Blues no owners are in a hurry. What's the general feeling behind the recent change of manager with Rain Rooney replacing John Eustace in the hot seat? It wasn't unexpected because rumours swirled for a month or two before the change happened, but the timing of the decision certainly surprised us. Blues had just won back-to-back games and played their best attacking football of the season when Eustace was sacked. Now that just has settled and Rooney has been appointed, Blues fans are trying to give their new manager a fair chance to prove himself. Were there any earlier signs of change in the team's approach for Rooney's first game in charge at Middlesbrough? The style of football is completely different. Rooney has admitted that himself. He's been asked to make Blues more entertaining and ambitious on the field and we saw that in his first game at Middlesbrough. The setup was completely different to what we had been used to under Eustace. Under Yeruni's leadership, it is clear that Blues will try to be a more front-footed, ball-playing team. Which players have impressed in the first few weeks of the season? There have been a few. Dion Sanderson and Kevin Long have struck up an excellent understanding in defence. Sanderson has come of age since being handed the captain's scene is very much a Premier League defender in the making. Christian Bielik is absolutely vital to the way Blues play in the way the team now has free attacking talent to a capable exciting spectators in Sarika Dembele, Koji Miyoshi and Jay Stansfield. And finally, what do you expect from today's game? I know Southampton will try to play total football under Russell Martin and Blues are no longer happy to let their opponents dominate possession, so I expect an interesting matchup. Blues won't enjoy the lion's share of the ball in every game under Rooney, so it'll be interesting to see if their counter-attacking instincts kick in at St Mary's.